This episode of the podcast is brought to you by John Mellencamp's summer camp for melons called the John Mellencamp's Melon Camp. <laughs> Dixon? Yeah. Are you sure about this? About killing this guy? Not really. You? Not really. I guess we can decide along the way. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Roll the Credits, the podcast. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And today we are doing three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yes, we are. Is uh, this part of the start? Because I don't no, feel... Okay. No, Okay. This is just us. This is just a normal episode, Zach, so All put right. your pants back on. I, I was under the circumstance that we were that's, doing the start. I don't think that's the right phrase. I think it's under the impression. <laughs> what did I say? Under the circumstance. What did you say? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Hold the tape back. We gotta listen. Okay, because I was very confused going into this where I was just like, I'm looking it up and I was like, this isn't the director's first movie. No. Maybe this is his first like screenplay that he wrote. No, nope. Not. No, nope. No. Okay. This is just a movie. Okay. Well, then that makes me at ease. Yeah. Um. So, go through the the, the things. Okay. And then I'll go through my things. And, and then, then I we'll... want to tell a little story prior to the film. Okay. And then we will discuss the film. Is this movie about you that you bought three billboards? <laughs> <No>. <gasps> Oh my god, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri was directed by Martin McDowell. You have Francis McDormand in this, who plays Mildred. You have Sam Rockwell, who plays Jason. You have Woody Harrelson, who plays Bill. You have Peter Dinklage, who plays James. <laughs> I love me some Peter Dinklage. Whatever he does, I love it. Uh, you have Caleb Landry-Jones, who plays Red Welby. And then you have Lucas Hedges, who plays Robbie. Yes. And that is... Your cast. Your cast. I, it was nice to see Lucas Hedges again, because when we did um, Manchester by the Sea... Oh, right. Yeah, It's yeah, nice yeah. to see that he's still just an angsty teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is a film... This is a heavy movie. This um, is. I... I thought this was more of like lighthearted i thought this was like a lighthearted kind of quirky no. movie from the trailer it, it's dark it's a dark comedy i would kind of say <sighs> i wouldn't say comedy this well there's just... definitely like some comedic aspects to this film there, there is there is dark comedy in this movie mm-hmm. but this is a very serious film um and it's basically about a woman who's Mildred, and she ends up challenging the local authorities of this small like rural town mm-hmm. Um, by renting out three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Um, and it's questioning the police on why they, why nobody has been arrested or caught or charged with the murder of her daughter. Mm -hmm. And it's heavy. It's incredibly heavy, but it's a fantastic film. It is. I, I really found myself like thoroughly enjoying this film, even though there's a lot of points where I'm like, oh man, like this is making me feel like uncomfortable. And then also like this is just so like sad and depressing. Mm-hmm. But throughout it, I'm like enjoying myself because I'm like, I really get to like deep dive and peel back the layers of this entire town, mm-hmm. specifically Mildred. Mildred's character for me is, for well, all right, so before we, like, really get into it, mm-hmm. I want to 
just talk about the acting. Story time with well, friends. No, 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 no. I just oh, want to talk about the acting. Never mind. I'm late. Uh, <laughs> um, well, there is a story of like, this is actually like the start. This was kind of the start of my girlfriend and I's relationship, ironically oh, okay. enough, because so I think I've told you, and I don't, I don't know if I've actually said it on the podcast, but um, when Jess and I first started dating, Jess did not really care about movies at all. Mm-hmm. And she kind of treated films as something to do when there was nothing else to do. Like, I guess we can just go see a movie. And I'm very opposite. Like, mm-hmm. films for me are, like, everything. And um, we were we were out on pretty much, like, our real, like, first date. And I wanted... I knew, I knew that Three Billboards was coming out. And I really, really, really wanted to see it. And I just never even heard of it. Had no idea. Like, no, no nothing. And I was... She was like, well, what do you want to do? Because we were out to dinner and she was like, well, what do, you, what do you want to do after this? So I went on my phone and I looked up a local movie theater that was like literally right across the street mm-hmm. and it's like independently owned. So it's not like an AMC or anything. And I was like, I, I saw that they were playing three billboards like in like five minutes. And I was like, I was like, let's go see three billboards. And she was like, what the hell is that? And I'm like, we, I'm like, I think it's going to be a great film. Like I really, really wanted to see it. The trailer looked incredible. Like I really, really want to go see this movie. She's like, okay. So we go there and by the end of it she was just completely blown away. And that was the start of, you know, like one of the, one of the most meaningful things. And I, <laughs> and I do truly mean this, yeah. uh, that Jess has ever said to me. And I think I've already said this to you, but I want to say it on the podcast was that Jess one, one day, like kind of like we were sitting there talking and she cut and she looks at me and she goes, you know, Prior to dating you, kind of like what I already said, she was like, I kind of just treated movies as like something to do when I was bored. And now, now that I'm dating you, she's like, I genuinely enjoy films and I genuinely am now looking for a good movie to watch. Mm -hmm. And Jess has now like become this little, a little mini connoisseur (laughs) of films where she's actually like discussing like with me the actors, the actresses, the directors, the writing, the cinematography and stuff like that. And this was the movie that kind of started that, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm a little biased on this film in general, just because it's, it's a little sentimental to me. Yeah. But, um, but also I think that it's just a really, really fantastic movie. It Um, is. I, I really found myself like, like I said, I really found myself enjoying this film. Um, a, a thing too, that like, I wasn't expecting that I was pleasantly surprised with was Jason's character development in this. Uh, Jason? Yeah. The the cop, the shitty cop. Dixon. Sam Rockwell? Yeah, Jason Dixon. Yeah, Dixon. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. they. Oh, yeah. I guess they call him. I, they, I feel like they always just refer to him as Dixon in the movie. I thought Jason. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I, I think they always just call him Dixon. All Whatever. Right. Anyway. Yeah. No, his, his, he has, he has some, a really, really good, uh, like a turnaround turnaround for like an hour and 50 minute movie. Yeah. Like as I I legitimately like hated him. Yeah. I mean, he's for, a shitty person. He's a shitty cop and he's a shitty person. And Sam Rockwell plays it so well. Like yeah. he won best supporting actor. Well, Sam Rockwell in general like, is a is, really good actor. Yeah. And I know that like he put on like a lot of weight just to like really sell the role a little yeah. bit for this. Yeah. So like f- for him and I'm talking about Jason, like for him to do like this complete 180 and by the second act 
or the second half of like the film, I'm actually supporting him and on his side. Yeah, was really weird. Yeah, I mean, he just he ends up turning a uh, turning around. I mean, my my favorite scene in this whole film is so so one thing that I really really love about this movie is that characters this movie is not predictable in any way Mm-mm. like there's there are scenes in this film in which you kind of feel like I know where this is gonna go and then it just doesn't go that way at all um specifically like the one scene where uh Woody Harrelson and Francis McDormand are talking and it's kind of like a little interrogation mm-hmm and you kind of like feel like I know where this is going to go. This is going to be like them either rekindling or a big blowout mm-hmm. fight or whatever it's going to be. Oh, and then he coughs. And, and then he coughs on her because he's dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. And and he coughs blood on her face. And although they don't like each other, she immediately like turns into like, like she goes into like mom mode. Yeah, where it's like somebody get help, please. Somebody get somebody help. get help, and she tells him like it's okay, it's okay, don't worry. Yeah, and and I mean it just it, there, there's just these, and then even Woody Harrelson's character's choice of shooting himself. Yeah, that like, is not where where you were expecting this movie to go. No, as soon as he brought out the bag, I was like, oh fuck, I know where this is going. But yeah. like prior to that, it did not seem like it was going to go that way at all, Mm-mm. and. It, it was very, like, admirable the way that, like, he kind of went about this because, like, when he did this, he kind of set in motion story-wise for, like, all these different characters of kind of, like, changing what they're doing. Yeah. Like, Mildred, the letter for her, like, really kind of, like, set her of, like, okay, where are my priorities at? And then, like I said, for Jason, when he got that letter, it really set him to where it's, like, I have to actually be, like, a better person and mm. I have to actually, like, try to help people. Yeah. So going back to what I was saying about mm-hmm. my favorite scene in this film and these characters not making or making these like kind of like crazy choices, my favorite sh- uh, my favorite scene in the movie is after Willoughby kills himself mm-hmm. and Sam Rockwell's character Dixon, th- th- Willoughby is like taught. No, no, no. I don't think it's Willoughby. It's like one of the. You know, no. It is. It's it's his letter, and it's like telling. It's like to Sam Rockwell, and it's telling him like to kind of like. I know that you're gonna be like the best cop that you can be. You just kind of kind of stop being like a little like you know. You're kind of a fuck up, but like mm-hmm. you have potential and blah 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 blah. And as that voiceover is happening, he walks across the street and smashes the door, and he goes up to the kid who's who who's renting out those billboards. And and he goes there and he and he punches the the receptionist, the woman in the face. Yeah. And and then he throws the kid out the window. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back down the stairs. And then there's that the new like deputy sheriff guy, whatever. And uh, and I, that scene is so incredible. Like hands down, my favorite scene of the film. Yeah, it was very very powerful and very impactful. And. I, I really like again, kind of like when um when we did Get Out, like I really enjoy Caleb Landry Jones's performances and things. He's, he's such a good actor. I I, f- I want to say that he's gonna be like a huge breakout star soon. Yeah, I want to say because I th- like, like he he gives me like he gives me Joaquin Phoenix vibes. Yeah, like he Truthfully. he's getting there. Like yeah. he hasn't fully found his footing yet. But like the films that I've seen him. He he really has like this great performance about him. Yeah. And I like his character in this as I 
guess a billboard salesman. That's what I don't. He does. I, I honestly don't know what he does, but like, that, yeah. I'm I'm just charmed by him because I'm like <laughs> he he's really good at what he's doing. Yeah, and he's just such a likable character. Yeah, I mean Mildred as well is like this. I mean, she just shows up to the high school and starts kicking kids in their balls. Like that's yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like she's just this this I don't give a fuck kind. She has this persona about her of of being this badass woman, but she's really just hurting. She's inside. so hurt. And I I found out too that like the director actually like wrote this with Frances McDormand in mind for the role. Yeah, of Mildred, and even so too, like I I loved kind of like the shifting in scales almost throughout the film. Where you have where it's a really just cause that Mildred is doing. Like, it's really putting it out there of, like, listen, like, why is nobody investigating this? This is a serious thing. Why can't we have, like, actual cops doing their job mm-hmm. in this film? And then it slowly starts to, like, shift where the town, like, hates her for it. Yeah. And it's still, like, this huge just cause, but I guess the way that she went about it, nobody appreciates. Yeah, because it, I think it's one, you know, it's a town in which. <laughs> it's a town in which they I think that for the most part they really respect their officers and they really respect that because this is very much like a like a southern town rural area they have their views and this is very much it's like you know how many towns do you know of that like you that you know like your cops by like a first name basis if you're not a fucking criminal <laughs> like yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> like you're just genuinely like friendly with them mm-hmm. and like that's kind of like I think where this town sits and you know like Dixon is this he's an idiot yeah you know like he ends up like developing into a, a, a serious you know real protagonist that actually is pretty intelligent and actually mm-hmm. does some like really like just things that are actually like pretty smart but you know in the beginning you know like when when uh when they're at the bar and Mildred says something says something referring to like does your mama know that you're out here like or don't you have to go home to your mama and he's like my, my mama my, my, my mama because he always got like that stutter <laughs> and, he, and he's always just like my, my, my mama, mama let me come out today or whatever <laughs> she it knows is. that I'll be out till midnight <laughs> and I'll be home after that yeah like like he's just this like you know like idiot mm-hmm. and and but Dixon really becomes like a detective, a, yeah, a legitimate one. And like when he's like in the uh, the the station, mm-hmm. and Mildred decides to fucking blow it up with the Molotov cocktails, and he's just like he he's he, not even noticing. He, well, he's a he's not even, a he's not even a cop anymore. He's got yeah. he got fired. And, and why he, would they not take his keys right then and there too? But eh. you know, <laughs> you got to keep the plot moving forward, mm-hmm. Zach. Um, and then, you know, like she's like throwing the fire and he doesn't really notice because a, he's got like his headphones in and he's, and he's like really like in depth, like reading this note. Um, but he ends up like saving all of the like evidence and and, like the case file for her daughter Mm -hmm. and ends up deciding that he's going to try to like really, really solve this. And yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think that his character development and, and the turnaround for him is one of my favorite character developments that I've seen. In a long time. In a very, very long time in, you know, all the recent films that we've watched. I mean, it's so good. That's why, like, there's not a lot of times in film where, like, I completely and utterly, like, hate a character for the first half of it and then start to really feel for the character and want to see where he goes next by the second half. Yeah, I mean, dude, Martin, 
fucking wrote the shit out of this movie. I mean, yeah, he did a good job. <laughs> he did a really good Pretty job. Pretty good job. Good. <laughs> um, he really did, though. I mean, he he really made. I mean, and look, Mildred's character for me is such a broken woman. Like, mm-hmm. it's such a powerful scene when the billboards get lit on fire. Yes, and she's tr- and she's running over there with the fire extinguishers that she has in her car, and. Uh, which is kind of weird. Like, who who just carries around fire extinguishers in their you car? You don't have a fire extinguisher? I don't think so. I have one. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, maybe I need to get one. Just in case, like, you know. A fire happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. A tree's on fire. Let me get this. I guess so, yeah. Um, but the the whole, like, when they're on fire and then her, her and her son are driving there. And it, it, even her son, like, hates him. Or, I mean, hates her kind of at yeah. this point. Because, like, he's just so over it. Yeah, he wants to kind of, like... Move on. Yeah, he wants to move on, and she just won't let it go. Which I mean, it's it's, it makes sense because she's a mother, and she like really wants to see like justice happen for this. Yeah, and it's her daughter, and I completely understand where like it's going for Robbie too. Where it's like you know, I'm sure he wants to see justice for it as well, but at some point, because it's been like a year and a half, he just wants to kind of like move on with his life. Yeah, and just start again. Yeah. And like, just remember the good times. Pretty yeah, much. and and when when she gets out there and and she starts like, you know, putting putting out the fires, and then she's telling Robbie to go grab the other fire extinguisher from the house and come back, and he's like, "Mom, it's not worth it. Like, you have to let this go." And she's like going back and forth, and eventually she just lets out this like cry, and she yeah. says his name. She just says Robbie, but like, the way that Francis like says it, mm-hmm. and and. It's just so heartbreaking that you realize that, like, this is the only thing that she has left. Yeah. And it's so heartbreaking. It is. Another scene, too, that I found, like, where I was like, oh, my God, like, look at the layers that, like, Martin is actually putting into these characters is when Mildred's ex-husband comes by. Who's a fucking scumbag. Yeah, he's a scumbag. And he's the, (laughs) by the way, he's the guy... Uh, he's the, the in the opening scene mm-hmm. of um, From Dust Till Dawn. He's like the the clerk in this. In oh the, yeah, in that's the, right. Uh, yeah, that's him. Hmm. <laughs> Weird. He literally looks exactly <laughs> the same, but just with short hair. Weird. Like, <laughs> you planned this for your two last picks, <laughs> but um, yeah, like uh, with him coming by, and then like there's this whole big thing of like, at first Robbie seems like excited to see his dad, and then Mildred and the ex-husband go at it and then he flips over the table and like starts to choke her and he like robbie brings over the knife yeah yeah. it's like you can see like the real damage that's happened for this family Mm -hmm. not just because of what happened to their daughter but like just in general yeah because they mention where it's like you know he used to beat mildred a lot and like he would get drunk and then that's kind of why like mildred kind of became who she is and how she is yeah and then you have, like, a small comic relief of, like, the 19-year-old girlfriend of his. She's, like, just this bimbo, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to a good bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, like, it's 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 uh, a necessary break from the tension. Yeah, but, I mean, that scene is definitely one of my favorite scenes just because of, like, how real and how, like, broken this family is. And yeah. you can see, like, another side of why Mildred is doing this, that she feels that she needs well, to get you know, justice. You know, for me, like, one of another just super... Because this film is just filled with them, but another really, really powerful scene, and, like, I think another reason as to why Mildred just feels so strongly about her daughter's death not being 
you know, resolved is the her and her daughter's final conversation. Yeah. There's a flashback that that is revealed of her and her daughter that kind of get into like this this argument and it just ends up blowing up into this thing in which the daughter says that she's just going to like go walk to like this party and and they're kind of arguing back and forth and the and the daughter says I hope I get like picked up on the road and raped and then she says I hope you get raped too. Yeah. And that's like literally like the final thing that is said between them. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens to her. She she was she was killed or she was raped, killed and then lit on fire. Yeah. Like this is heavy shit. Mm-hmm. Like and and for the that final conversation to be that with your kid and then something very similar actually happens to them. I mean, it's just so heartbreaking. It is. And that's where like this this movie again shocked me because <laughs> <laughs> I, from the trailers I thought this was a very lighthearted film. Yeah. A very quirky film, yeah. and then like actually sitting down, and I'm like, oh my god! No, it's like it's, there's a it's lot heavy shit. To this. It's heavy shit, and you know, I think that like Willoughby's character of is really like just, I really like him a lot, and because mm-hmm. you could tell that he, it's not that he doesn't care, it's not that he hasn't tried, it's just they haven't found any evidence, and he's like, what else can I do? Yeah, and he makes a good point where it's like there's no brick in the case, there's no DNA that matches. So it's like the case got cold. Yeah. There's not much he can do, but like to Mildred, that's not good enough. Like right. there should be something where it's like it's really being checked out. Yeah. And then we need to discuss like Dixon and when he ends up going to that bar mm-hmm. and kind of real after like his kind of like reveal and or not his reveal, but his like turnaround and, and like what he what he's really, really wants to like actually help her. I mean, he has this really smart idea of like he overhears mm-hmm. the two guys talking at the bar that sounds very similar to Mildred's daughter's death. And he's like, I need to get some DNA. So how am I going to do that? And the way that he does it is he ends up like engaging in a fight with this man and scratching him and getting some skin underneath his nails. Yeah. And that was how he was going to go get that DNA. And I mean, I thought that was a very intelligent move. It was. It was very, very smart. It sucks, though, because, like, they really, again, they do, like, a 180, and when you think, like, okay, I know We've where this is going to go next, yeah. they shut it down because there was no match for the man. Yeah. Which brings me to, like, what did you think of the ending? So, my ending, the ending, I don't hate, mm-hmm. but I don't love. Because don't the love issue is, for me, is that... There's no real resolution. There's no real what? resolution, and I'm, like, for this film... You are so invested in the characters and you are so committed to the cause mm-hmm. and you want this to work out so bad. And they leave this kind of ambiguous ending of they're going to go and maybe kill this guy, but maybe not because he definitely did some rough. He definitely did some sh- some shit. Yeah. I mean, he literally admitted to raping Rape. a woman mm-hmm. and killing her. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's a movie that you feel like at the end you just don't feel like you got that conclusion that you really really wanted. And no. in some cases that can that can work out really really well, but in this case I just feel like it's it's a slight negative towards it just because you care so much about these characters and 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 the, and the character development was so great and the entire the entirety of the film is so great. But he doesn't give you 
that ending that you that you want or that you really feel like that you need. Yeah, I mean, in a way, I kind of felt satisfied because I completely agree. Like, we did not get the resolution that we wanted in this, and we did not get the resolution that we thought that we were going to get for this. Mm-hmm. But for the character herself, like Mildred, in some way, shape, or form, this is kind of like her justice. Like, yeah. she understands that, like, there is no break in the case. There may never be a break in the case for her daughter. But she might be able to stop, like, this one person that could end up, like, creating another Mildred. Yeah. So, to me, in a way, I'm kind of satisfied with the film because it it's not the justice that, like, we wanted, but it's the justice that we're willing to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, so. it's just it's just one of those things where it's like, do you do you feel like the payoff was there? Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of people are probably going to say no. Yeah. And I understand it completely, but I don't, I don't, again, I don't love the ending, but I don't hate it either. I think it's, I think it's a decent ending. I think so too. I think it's enough where it's like, you're satisfied with what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall, I, I, this movie I, was heavy. It's heavy, but it's so Impactful. good. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you liked it. Um, and you know, Frances McDormand, she's great. I yeah. mean, she she won Best Actress, mm-hmm. and it, I don't know if you saw it, but you sh- you should really go look at her. Um, you should really go watch her uh, acceptance speech for at the Oscars when she won. It's just so good. <laughs> it's not that it's like overly funny or anything. It's mm-hmm. just it's just a really good speech. Okay. Um, so that's that, 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 there, there's one recommendation. Um, <laughs> What's your other recommendation, <laughs> Frank? And then I have a recommendation about music again but it's not an album it's not uh it's not an album and it's not any musician or anything it's actually a reviewer a critic it's the saxophone no oh who is that a person no just the instrument oh it's the instrument no (laughs) um so there's this guy on youtube called the needle drop Mm -hmm. um his name is anthony fantano and anthony does a really 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 fantastic job of a just reviewing albums and be showcasing new artists. Um, So I have found at this point countless music recommendations from him um, through, through his reviews and so many artists that I've never heard of, but are in like, he's got, he he does this like, you know, he does a smart thing where if you go to his page, you can go to like playlists and it'll be like hip hop reviews rock reviews psychedelic reviews you know what what all these different types of reviews and so like okay you're like man i really want to find like a new psychedelic rock band that that, that i'm into that and i want to try to find new ones and and he'll he'll have all those videos of all his psychedelic rock reviews and the way that he breaks albums down Mm -hmm. and 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 really reviews them i mean in my opinion he's probably like he probably does it the best um it sucks when you hear an album and you're like, I really, really like this. And he's like, this is garbage. <laughs> and then it hurts like, you down in the soul. And, and you're just like, fuck man. I really, I kind of like it. But you know, it, it, it's one of those, it's one of those things where like you obviously like it's all personal opinion, mm-hmm. but I think he does a really good job of weighing out the pros and the cons. And he explains why he's, he's either giving it a negative review or a positive review. And I mean, it's just done very, very well. Uh, he's also like, he's also like kind of weird and strange. So he's got like characters that he plays and stuff, but like, it's just kind of like fun. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I highly, highly recommend the needle drop because again, you're going to most likely, you're going to find 
a ton of new music mm-hmm. from him a ton of really, really good music. Um, and also, you know, he'll probably break down some of your, uh, some of your favorite albums and, and whatnot. What is it like a podcast or like no, it's not a podcast. YouTube? It's a YouTube channel. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, you can, you know, watch the videos. Uh, and yeah, I mean, they're great. And I think, I mean, he's, he is already like a really, really big deal. It's not like he's like new or anything. I think he's been doing it for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he's just, he, he is very much well deserving of, what he has accomplished like the amount of subscribers that he has the he he does like tons of interviews with like uh, with like local or not local but like you know uh artists and stuff so it's just really cool you know especially if like you're a really really big music lover like me and you like he's he's just a really really solid uh channel to subscribe to i'm cool with that i'll check him out sweet zachary frank what are we doing next i would like to do kick ass yeah. <laughs> I know you like I like it, guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really fun it superhero kicks film. Ass. Yeah. Uh, I like that movie because of the gore, man. They really yeah. they don't they don't shy away from it and I love some good gore. So no, there, there's some really cool stuff with that too. And Nicolas Cage. That's the second one. No. No, you're right. Never mind. Nope, he's I'm in the lying. first one. I'm thinking of Jim Carrey in the second one. <laughs> yes, he was in the second one. The second <laughs> one was awful. Yeah. But uh, the, the first one's very good. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, cool. So we're going to be doing Kick-Ass uh, next. So watch that. Look forward to that review. Zach, please, please take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, roll the credits. <laughs>